V-RED. You know, for the longest time, I thought V-RED literally stood for virtual readiness, which I guess when you think about it, wouldn't really make any sense because readiness is spelled R-E-A-D, not R-E-D. But I guess I've really never stopped and thought about it. In fact, I've never really stopped and thought about how important keeping your V-RED up to date actually is. And just for the record, V-RED stands for Virtual Record of Emergency Data. The key word in that acronym, emergency. And in this episode, we're going to have somebody come in and talk to us about how important keeping your V-RED up to date is. And it's not just anybody, it's Command Chief Master Sergeant Dan Moore. So I can't think of anyone else I'd rather listen to talk about V-RED, which can arguably be a dry topic, than Chief Moore. He can make anything sound interesting, and you know it's true. I could literally listen to him talk about the life cycle of clams, and he's going to keep me genuinely interested. And I think he's such a successful speaker because he's not reading from a textbook, and he's actually speaking from the heart because he actually cares. So we're going to hear from him about V-RED. V-R-E-D. This is episode 25 and a half of the Maniac Radio Show, and I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor. Now, before we move on to the interview, you're probably wondering why I'm calling it episode 25 and a half. It's not because it's a half an episode. In fact, it actually may be longer than some of the episodes we've had before. Because as I mentioned earlier, Chief Moore is going to talk about V-RED. He's also going to talk about the Airman Development Summit, as well as some takeaways of what's to come for the next fiscal year. But 25 and a half, what does that mean? Is it kind of like platform nine and three quarters from Harry Potter? Kind of. It's not a hidden episode that you happen to stumble across, but it's going to be as equally magical as platform nine and three quarters. Senior Master Sergeant Duplain, the Public Affairs NCOIC, We'll be interviewing Chief Moore for this very magical episode 25 and a half. So without further ado, let's get on with the interview. So today I have uh, Chief Master Sergeant Dan Moore with me. What did you have to talk about today? Thanks, John. Wanted to take a moment to talk about our requirement to keep up with certain records. Uh, An important record in this case uh, is the virtual record of emergency data. I've mentioned in some recent discussions that oftentimes I have folks in my office that were trying to solve some problems uh, with them and for them. And what is particularly disheartening is when we're working to solve a problem that they had a fair bit of control over. In the case of the record of emergency and data, it is the individual's responsibility to ensure that that record is kept up and kept accurate. Should there be an event uh, such as a serious illness or in the case of death of a service member, it is our source document for proper notification of next of kin. As you may be aware, there is a requirement to at least annually update that particular record. Also, whenever there are any significant changes in one's life, whether that be marriage or divorce or birth of a child or even a change of physical address of you or next of kin. It is vitally important that we get that information in a very timely fashion recorded appropriately in the individual's record of emergency data. Monthly, there is a report completed by our FSS identifying those folks that are currently overdue in updating that record. I took a quick look at that and we are doing fairly well when you look at our overall numbers but we still have a little better than a hundred folks who are not current and several of those records extend back almost three years ago so it's important that 
we are aware of our requirement to stay current. Uh, it, that became clear to me when I had an occasion to talk to a peer of mine uh, from Washington State who was down to observe the PT assessment of a friend of hers in the unit. The individual crossed the finish line and stumbled and fell, which perhaps was not unusual. She said that he was prone to clowning just a little bit, but uh, when she approached him, he was still lying on the ground and he had a look on his face that told her something was different. And he grabbed her by the ankle and said, please don't leave me. Uh, long story made short, once the EMS folks were notified and arrived on scene, as they were working with him to assess his condition, uh, his eyes rolled back, he lost consciousness, and they were unable to save him. That in itself is a sad story to relate, but what was even more difficult to hear was this individual was drilling in this state from another state and had recently been through a divorce. That information was not current on VRED, which meant the organization had a, an extremely difficult time in getting that notification to the appropriate family members. Additionally, he was known to bring a younger child, his child, to drill with him. In addition to his VRED being out of date, his family care plan was not updated. What the unit had was his cell phone and no idea where his child might be in daycare. And they were left simply to wait for his phone to ring, assuming that his daycare provider would eventually call to find out if he was going to be picking up his child anytime soon. So it, it brings home the need for us to control the things that we can control. Uh, and so I encourage each and every one of our members to be aware of their requirement to update uh, both their VRED and family care plans. The VRED can be accessed through the MyPERS website. Now, it seems like that's something that uh, we could get in the drill and be busy and just kind of uh, get that filled out fairly quickly and, and not really pay attention to that. I heard you tell this story the other day, and it made me think, wow, we should get more of this information out because of situations like that. I, I agree. We all know that our weekends are incredibly busy with a variety of tasks skill level related and otherwise. I would suggest that this particular task is one that we do not only for ourselves, but for those that we love and for those that might be left behind uh, should we meet an unfortunate or untimely death. Uh, it is a means and method for us to truly provide compassionate care to the surviving uh, family members. So again, if we can't find it uh, to do it for ourselves, I would encourage you to consider doing it for those you love. Yeah, definitely. Is that something that uh, the supervisors get pushed down or is that? The report is a product report that comes out monthly along with a number of other reports identifying several process statuses within organizations to and including those nearing retirement, those needing family care plan updates and so forth. Those typically flow through to the CSS component of your organization your commanders and or your first sergeants. So I would seek the assistance of certainly your first sergeant in accessing information 
as well as your supervisory core. Yeah, definitely. For me as a supervisor, I'd want to know that maybe someone didn't have that or maybe they didn't understand the importance of it. Correct. Or missed the podcast or missed stand-up. So. Correct. And that's that's a good point, John, in that there's a lot of information that flows in and around a drill weekend. And, and sometimes that does perhaps slip through the cracks that we don't push along uh, like we ought to. Some of that um, more important information. So that's a good point and, and perhaps a reminder to those charged with uh, reviewing and disseminating this information to to be on top of their game as well so uh, we don't get members caught in this situation. Absolutely. No, like I said, it's a compelling story, so I I just want to reach out to you and really hit home. Well, I appreciate the time. Jumping ahead, you've been uh, busy the last week or two getting things lined up for for this uh, drill weekend. What do you have going on this drill? We have been. uh, We've actually been working for several months now on our fourth annual Airman Development Summit. We are pretty excited about the offering we will have. Uh, It is connected to our October drill in an effort to open up the opportunity to a few more of our drill status guardsmen. Uh, This year's summit is a little bit different in its format in the sense that it will be a rotational format where we will have several general sessions where all attendees will be together in the auditorium over at the Regional Training Institute to hear from some of our senior leadership. At certain times throughout the two days, they will have the opportunity to plug themselves in to a variety of breakout training sessions covering the gamut of subjects from thrift savings plan and retirement to deployment 101, how the new deployment process functions and your role within it. There will be some resiliency training opportunities. There will be breakout sessions for perhaps those enlisted members who have uh, an idea that they might like to become an officer. We will have some informational uh, training in that regard as well. So a a number of of topics that we're pretty excited to offer this year. If I was attending, would I be able to, during that given slot, pick which one I thought was gonna be? What we have on our agenda are six concurrent breakouts. At a prescribed time, there will be six independent sessions taking place. And you can, as an attendee, plug yourself into any one of those six. If you happen to have a couple of sessions that you'd like to attend that are occurring at the same time, those sessions will repeat throughout the day. So you, if you miss it during this time frame, you can catch it during the afternoon time frame. So we're in hopes that that will entice a number of folks to come on out and to receive this training. In addition to the breakout sessions themselves, we are fortunate enough to have coordinated with the TAG, General Farnham, who is holding a commander's call on Friday uh, of the summit. That commander's call will take place at the RTI as well. And we have scheduled a networking lunch uh, at midday, uh, which will be a burger burn actually for us. So we're excited about that. And that will be an opportunity for not only the attendees to network with one another, but for them to also network with the leadership here at the 101st. So we're excited by that opportunity. Oh, that's really cool. I attended a photography, it's the National Press Photographers Association. They have a, like a three-day course similar to that. 
And again, they have general sessions and they had these breakout sessions and you were, you could go in and focus on a couple different specialties or, or if you want to hear a guest speaker talk about website management, if you want to talk about uh, working with recorders, if you want the camera, they had all these different ones. I, I just seems like a really valuable way to do it because I think some people that have been here a while maybe don't need the one-on-ones as much, but they're looking at different things, maybe the retirements or, or things of that nature. So I think you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck for that. We hope so. You're 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 singing our song in a sense because that's exactly what our thinking was that allow the opportunity for a little self-direction. And as you travel to a number of these conferences and training opportunities, you're seeing more and more of this type of scheduling, uh, offering a variety of training topics to cover kind of a broad cross-section of your organization. So we're, we're excited about it, and we're excited to get some feedback from the attendees, and we're really looking forward to uh, to the 2017 Airman Development Summit. What would you say this year you think is your highlight? What are you excited, most excited about? One of the offerings that we're bringing uh, is what we are going to, what we have titled a think tank. It is a facilitated brainstorming session that will be stratified. Uh, One of the sessions will be aimed at the E1 to E4 grade, the second being E5 to E6, and then the third being E7 and up, uh, including our officer corps. The idea behind the think tank is it will be a facilitated brainstorming session seeking potential solutions to real world issues that we face here in our organization. So it's a great opportunity for airmen to participate in potential solutions to to issues and and problems that we experience on a regular basis. So again, if I'm a young airman in this organization, I am going to look forward to being asked my opinion and being able to offer potential solutions for consideration. So um, one of the think tank uh, sessions is something I'm I'm fairly interested in. We have uh, a breakout on leadership and the perspective of one of our squadron commanders on his idea about leadership. And again, that will be one of our stratified training sessions aimed at particular groups at particular times. We're also excited to be able to offer, again, the Air National Guard Technical Education Center Uh, personnel coming to offer a professional bullet writing course. We have offered this course here on base this last July. It received some very good reviews and we're fortunate enough to have uh, those individuals returning to Bangor to offer that course again at the the summit. I'm excited to hear from our senior leadership. Uh, One of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to as a general session is we have a group commanders panel set up all of our group commanders to including our two squadron commanders from South Portland and available to attendees to address in a town hall format uh, issues regarding challenges they face and their priorities uh, as an organization. So I think it'll be a good enterprise perspective view of, uh, of the Maine Air National Guard and I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, no, it sounds very exciting. seems like it's a lot more of a um, two-way dialogue. And that's what we hope for. We hope that this is not just a sleeper dome uh, two days at the RTI where we stuff you in an auditorium and we just throw a lot of stuff at you and 10% of which you'll ever remember three days from now, right? Uh, we're hoping to, to 
entice you to know more and to learn more and to challenge our leadership and to, to, to work with them as we, uh, we seek to find success in, in our, our various missions. So Yeah. I know when, uh, when I, my civilian employer, we had a, uh, it's called like Masterpiece Program. And every person, as you work your way up within a certain time frame, had to come up with these ideas, a process improvement, safety, a fiscal improvement. Um, it was really interesting to see what people would come up with. Some things would be right under your eyes. And I think, wow, I, I can't believe, <laughs> believe that was done. But I got people critically thinking about everything around them, like how could I improve it? And it also got a little bit of competition. So, so it will be the first time we've offered something like this at the summit. And, and again, I'm sure that we will have some lessons to be learned and some improvements to make for next year's. But we we are in hopes of getting a, a great turnout and not only some great briefings from some subject matter experts, but some uh, outstanding networking opportunity, a chance to grow some of the personal and professional relationships amongst our membership. So uh, we're always excited by that opportunity. Yeah, I think we get in a vacuum a lot of times where, you know, we're in public affairs, so we're really concerned with what's going on with us and what affects us. But when you hear another party explain theirs and, you know, it's just a serious, you, you kind of see the bigger picture, you know. It's very common, especially with uh, an organization as operationally engaged as ours is and has been over the years. It's easy to come in and get your head down and uh, not take the opportunities to uh, to get to know one another, you know, in a, um, a variety of ways. So, As a, a Wayne Comanche, if anything you want to add or say about the new year, new fiscal year? Well, uh, again, you know, we, it's, it's much like I said at the start of my talk, control the things we can control. Remain focused on what they can control. Uh, we need our people to be on their game, on their A game. And that requires folks coming in, staying focused, getting themselves fully prepared to be the very best that they can be in their particular career fields, to make themselves ready and to keep themselves ready uh, to perform their mission where and when called upon. So our role in leadership is to, to kind of quell some of the distractors and, and create that environment where folks can come in and stay focused on, on preparing themselves and keeping themselves ready. Certainly this year we're going to be looking at uh, some new challenges perhaps that we have not faced or at least to the degree that we are going to face them this year. But one thing I am certain of, I'm certain of two things. <laughs> there are a lot of questions moving forward. Uh, there are a lot of challenges. Uh, but I have been a member of the Maine Air National Guard for now over 35 years. And one thing I can say with a great deal of confidence is there has never been a challenge that we have faced that as a family we have not been successful in facing. Uh, I know that there are a lot of challenges. I know that individually there are going to be some pressures put on airmen and families that perhaps we haven't seen in our past. But I am quite confident that we have the personnel to handle it. We have the resources to support those personnel. And as long as people come in and take control of those things that they have control over, uh, we will be successful. I think very confidently that we will look back at this year and say, well done well done. We, we were thrown a lot of challenges and we faced a lot of challenges and we continued to carry that maniac tradition um, around the globe in doing so. 
I'm excited. I'm excited by the challenges and the opportunities that they, they present to us. Seems like it's going to be an exciting time for people to step up and assume new roles and, and do new things. And, 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 and along those, that same thought, I, I pulled some demographics uh, recently just to take a look at what we look like in the wing. Of interest to me was I was looking at the number of folks that have met military retirement gates. 20 years time in service and time in grade and a, and a few of those things. Of those folks that had met retirement gates, 120 enlisted and 25 of the officer positions were full-timers. Now what that tells me is if you think about those numbers, we employ roughly around 400 people on a full-time basis. If nearly 145 of them have met or are very near to retirement gates, that tells me there is a significant shift coming in our workforce. That as that many people ascend through the top of the organization and move on into retirement, that is quite a ripple effect through the organization. That there will be positions opening up across the board as full-time positions open and in some cases they're filled by drill status guardsmen. Uh, it's quite a domino effect. The takeaway for me and what I'd like to convey to all our airmen is be ready. Be ready. When you have an opportunity to take a course, when you have an opportunity to complete a CDC, when you have an opportunity to complete that core task training, take it. Take it now and make yourself ready now. You simply do not know when that opportunity is going to arise, when your organization needs what you bring to the fight. And if you wait to get yourself ready, you wait for the opportunity first, you're not going to be ready when the organization needs you. So be aware of what the next step is in your career plans. Know what school is needed. Know what training opportunity you have and work with your chain of command to get that and to get that sooner rather than later. Good idea. Well, I certainly appreciate you uh, taking the extra time. I know I grilled you a little bit on some other issues, but I know you're good for it as well. So Always a pleasure. But it's, uh, it's I think it's a lot of good information. Thanks, my friend. Have a good day. So like I said earlier, Chief Mass Sergeant Moore does an outstanding job at talking about whatever it is that he's talking about. So I want to thank Chief Moore for taking time out of his busy schedule for coming in and conducting that interview. And thank you, Senior Mass Sergeant Plain, for your work as well. But this has been episode 25 and a half of the Maniac Radio Show. I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor. I hope you all have an outstanding drill weekend and get a chance to get over to the RTI and be part of the Airman Development Summit. If you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to our official Facebook page at 101STARW, as well as our Instagram page to check out daily content we post concerning the wing. The Public Affairs Office recently produced a series of videos revolving around the winners of this year's Airmen of the Year. You can check out those videos in the coming weeks by heading over to our Facebook page. Again, you can find that by searching 101STARW. But until next time, so long, be safe, and don't forget to update those V-Reds.